Welcome back to the Boys and Bowlers podcast. We are down here in the barbershop studio. Well, I'm down here in the barbershop studio. Jarrett, please tell the listeners where you are currently. I am in the capital city of Bogota. Capital city of Bogota. I'm in the capital city of Colombia, which is called Bogota. Not Bogota, as I've heard. <laughs> it's called Bogota. I like that. Bogo- I think Bogota actually sounds kind of cool. <laughs> Go down to the bodega. It's like bodega. It's bodega. It sounds. It has that same bodega feel. That like that little, and it's a nice little vibe because it's different weather-wise. That's like the greatest thing. It's about seventy degrees every day and sunny. So I got the t-shirts rolling, and uh, yeah. But the greatest thing is that the audio sounds so good on the pod. It's like I was there with Jeff in the barbershop. Is that not right? Yeah. Uh, no, you're one hundred percent correct. The other great thing is that you recently. You know, we're going to reel this back into the Premier League. You figured out how to use a VPN because it's 2022 and Jarrett's up with the technology. And now he can watch Premier League games uh, in Colombia using his uh, Comcast account. It's true. On the NBC Sports and Peacock app, if you are ever abroad, light up your VPN because it's 2022 and don't be a savage. And I've never used a VPN before. Literally, I've had it for like, I've had a really pro, sweet pro account for about a couple months. A guy gave to me when I was in kind of like an Airbnb community living space in another part of Colombia. He's like, he works for, what's it called, Windscribe. And he's like, oh, here, just take this. It's worth like 150 bucks. He's like, here, just take this pro account. But I hadn't used it, so shout out Windscribe. <laughs> and uh, it's phenomenal because now I can use NBC Sports and Peacock to do what I need to do in life, which is uh, watch the old Premo. I've been using it for uh, many years, not to watch the Prem in other countries, but mostly to watch... Uh, movies that haven't come out on or they have come out on DVD. just basically bootleg movies just just watch movies so i don't have to go to the theater i feel like that that's the right thing to do these days not go not get covid in the movie theater and you know whatever it's fine i feel like that's a good thing i uh years ago you know i haven't watched i pirated a lot of movies i'm like gonna say that now in public but after being in the Peace Corps for a couple years in Guatemala, where everyone just pirates movies and then you get together. And this is like back in the day. This is 2010. This is like there wasn't even like Netflix wasn't even streaming then. They were still sending DVDs to your house. So everyone would just stream off BitTorrent or whatever. And then they would download the videos. And then whenever we got together at like a party, we would all carry around USBs with like 50 gigs and we'd just swap <laughs> movies. So I still have a bunch of movies from Peace Corps. All of that is getting away from what we should talk about. And we're going to just transition right on into the old USA and talk about Josh Sargent getting Norwich fans in somehow Norwich might may escape. And if you bet on that, you're going to probably be one in 10. Josh Sargent getting Norwich fans to chant USA, which I still think is impressive that it happens abroad, even whatever, after he bagged two goals to beat Watford. I call Watford sort of like a 2-1. Yeah, one was kind of like a scorpion kick lucky goal. And then the other one was a, a legit header in he scored. And good good for him. He deserved a goal. Or two. He deserved two. It's nice. <laughs> nice to see. The scorpion kick was a la Ibra. It was kind of a weird little flick he did. It was I don't even know how he did it. He's clearly been doing yoga. His hips are I called not as that tight game. as mine. <laughs> I called that game, by the way. I said North was gonna win. They were gonna they were gonna ri- they were riding high after their <laughs> their their win the week before. After and they so, sacked uh, Rafa Benitez, yeah, they were feeling real good. And then, uh, and then, uh, what else? I don't think you know what. I don't think that Norwich is any better than they were a few weeks ago. Maybe slightly because they have Dean Smith, but I honestly think the teams below them, because they are out of the relegation zone, are just that much worse. 
right? Like Newcastle, Burnley, and what is Watford are just that much worse. Like that, it truly like I don't see a scenario in which Burnley or Watford get out of the relegation zone. I could see maybe Newcastle because they're getting a few players and they may get a few more signings by the end of the season. So it could be like Newcastle's out of there, slot in maybe. I don't know, Everton or Leeds, maybe. <laughs> Honestly, truly. I mean, after Newcastle beat Leeds this past week, I was kind of surprised that I was surprised at that scoreline. And I was also I think we I we foresaw Aston Villa beating Everton. That wasn't like that much of a shock. The Wolves Brentford wasn't a shock. We called that as well. The United game, I wanted West Ham to win secretly or not so secretly because that's what I called but Rashford's late winner but I do think that leads Newcastle game is the one you may want to like think longer about because I thought Newcastle was really going to be flirting for relegation I think they still will be but the fact that they beat Leeds I thought was really good and I thought that was very very bad like that loss for Leeds I think is worse than it is good for the win for Newcastle does that make sense uh, Leeds have been trending downward this whole season I think they've had a few like bright spots uh, I think they where they beat West Ham, but that was really it. Like besides that, they've looked flat. They've looked injury prone. They've been missing Bamford. I just I think they've been really trying to get by with very minimal squad and uh, young players, and that they're show, it's showing. And if they if they finish uh, out of the relegation, it's not going to be by many points, and it's going to be in like sixteenth or seventeenth. So I really think they're going to be fighting with Everton about like just who's a crappier team, like really when it comes down to it. Everton right now is one of the more fascinating things I think to watch because they are truly imploding. And the stat that I saw the other day, which was just so good, it said between 2016 and 2018, Barcelona spent a combined 213 million euros on Gomes or Gomez, Digne, Coutinho, and Yerry Mina. Now, fast forward to 2022, and they all played in the Everton match. Uh, they all played uh, in the Everton versus Aston Villa match. So that not only kind of tells you how those players have maybe fallen from grace from a team like Barcelona, it also speaks to how Barcelona, shitty Barcelona is and how bad their business is. But I don't know. I just thought that was absolutely fascinating that on that field was $213 million Barcelona had paid. That literally just normally doesn't happen. Like in more recent history, you don't all of a sudden have like Andres Iniesta playing for Everton, <laughs> Xavi also, playing for Southampton. It also tells you a lot about like the ask the ambition of Everton, right? They're not going after like young players in their prime. They're going after players they're getting a deal on that they think they can like pull a few more years out of their career, and that's just the way they have to run their business because they're not run very well and they're not, they don't have a good owner and they don't have, they haven't had good management in a long time. And so they, you know what they had Ancelotti for, for half a season. And they thought he was like the coming of, you know, Christ basically. Cause they won a few games. No, they had him for the whole season. They had him for the whole season. The whole season. The whole season. I'm pretty sure it was the whole season. Well, you you remember they like won they like were in first place for like two they weeks. They won the and... September Premier League <laughs> yeah. two thousand was it two thousand twenty. I just remember like everybody thought Everton was like the new thing, the new up and coming thing. And it was pissing me off. It was really getting me fucking fired up because yeah, you still they, call like, him Shampton, but I don't think you mean <laughs> it as much because now maybe there's a little bit of pity in your voice. <laughs> it's there's some pity. I mean, I like I don't have much to stand on. I mean, Tottenham have their own problems, but like. 
Everton just don't aren't run very well. They're just not. They just don't spend the right money, and they don't. They're not doing the right things, and they have players that aren't performing. They have Calvert Lewin who hasn't scored a goal like this season. Basically, <laughs> I think he maybe has one goal. It's bad. Richarlison, he's on the ground more than he's running around because he's a Brazilian player. Uh, the Brazilian just, diving is just so bad. I was I watched the game with a guy who's about 41, 42. Colombian guy is about 41, 42. When I say the game, I mean the Tottenham-Chelsea game. And we were talking about the history of Colombia, the Premier League, everything world football. And we got to the point where I think I sent you in the group text. He sent a voice message in the group text. And we were just yeah. talking about how bad it is that Brazilians are diving and how, like, you know, he's like, when I grew up, which was a time when we were, like, infants because he's about you know, eight years older or five or six years old, whatever it is, you know, a couple world cups older than we are. He was like, Brazilians were just the ones that danced and like had fun and loved it. And now since 2014 with Neymar, cause we were like giggling at all the memes of Neymar where he's just like flopping Rolling. and it shows him on the yeah. beach and it shows him <laughs> in a club and it shows him in a pool. Yeah. It's just like, what has happened? And then you see the extreme examples of that are like Richarlison because he's actually a fairly big dude and pretty strong, but he oh, yeah. chooses to flop. He chooses to make that like the dark arts of the game. And we were just talking about how like, you know, if Neymar doesn't flop, he probably scores 15 to 20% more goals because he always is in good positions. He can dribble up many people in yeah, the he's, world. He's looking for a foul rather than looking in a penalty rather than looking to create a, to create a goal scoring opportunity with by himself, which he can do because he's skilled enough. But he seems, but he like, I don't know, it's whether these players are like jaded or whatever and they, they think they, they're more likely to get a call. And that's a better play for them, and that and like they know that. So th- anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But so, yeah, that Everton have a problem. Everton have a problem, and they don't. Know, I don't think they know how to solve it. And the tr- this transfer window is not going to solve it for them because January is a very tough transfer window to bring anybody in. They, what they've the only thing they've done is make their team worse by getting rid of Dine. And, and the hilarious thing about it is that he had a falling out with Rafa Benitez. So he wasn't getting playing time. And then they fire Aframbinas right after they ship out Dean. It doesn't make any sense. It's literally the worst loan move I've ever seen. They gave their one of their best players to a like I said last pod, a team that's basically th- that they're that they're competing with in the middle of the table. Right? They strengthened a team that now that's gonna finish ahead of them when they're gonna f- flirt in relegation. That, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. I, I don't think the Everton board is reading uh, Sun Tzu Art of War in their pastime. The, you know, I look at this Everton team, and I'm like, it's not like I look at it. I'm looking at it. So you have Calvert, the, the team that played and lost to Aston Villa. You have Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. I actually think they're actually quite good. Now, DCL's had a bad season, and Richarlison's had some injury issues and maybe hasn't been where he should be, but like on paper. Damari Gray is one of the best young talents, I think, in the Premier League, pound for pound. I just think he's in a shit system right now on a not-so-great team. Gomes, I don't really – yeah, he's okay. I thought he peaked out a couple of years. Decore, they got him, I believe, from Watford. I think he's okay. Those dudes, those those guys are serviceable. Townsend is a little bit older but still has some quality. Godfrey, I think, is actually really nice. He's a younger outside defender. I think he's great. Mina, meh. I'd like to see a Colombian play better. It's too bad. <laughs> Holgate, meh. And then Kenny, I don't really know much about. But then I look and I see Pickford, who's the English goalkeeper who's just in the final of the Euro. Like, this team shouldn't be as bad – as you know, like they're standing in the Premier League. So then I'm like, okay, I'm just trying to like figure out a way to give them some love here. Now they are a couple games in hand on other teams. So, you know, they win a couple games. I think sometimes when you get towards the bottom, it just seems more stressful, but 
where do you think that Everton finishes right now? You know, if you had a thousand dollars, where do you bet that they finish? Fourteenth. I don't think any higher. I was thinking. I, think- I was thinking about this actually because I don't think they're going to get relegated because the teams below them are really bad. And yeah, I just don't. But my biggest problem with Everton is they they sacked Rafa Benitez and they they put in Duncan Holgate. Duncan Holgate is that his name? Duncan Ferguson. Duncan Ferguson. Sorry. Talking to Holgate. Holgate's one of the players. Uh, but what does he bring, right? He can't polish a turd. Like, they're not playing well. They're not playing doesn't well. Mean, doesn't mean he won't try. <laughs> He's going to try, but they're not playing well. They didn't play very well. I mean, uh, I, 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 yeah, it's 14th. I'm, I'm calling it there. I don't. Unless they get some transfer in that is but who, fairly who's transformational. Who's going to want to go to Everett? Who's going to want to go to Everton? And no offense, but who's going to want to go there? It's not about who wants to go there. It's if a team sells a player, the team sells a player. You know, with the January transfer window still open, I'm not sure for how much more time. But clearly in the board, they're trying to pull a a rabbit out of the hat right now because they need some serious help. Now, I do believe that they are struggling with injuries, and I'm looking at my app here, and I can't see all the injuries that they may or may not have. It just doesn't show. But I don't know. I also I can't really name anybody that – I mean – Alan maybe, but he's Alon, not going to yeah. get you goals. You know, he's a he's a holder. So Everton's in a Everton's in a tough way. And I think the other game that well, there are two other games we should probably mention that we saw obviously, but Southampton and Man City. Now Southampton apparently had only won, and I didn't know this one time before at St Mary's this season, which is very impressive for a team that is you know they're they're a mid table team, but to be up to 20, 21, 22 games and only lose once at home. That's a fairly impressive defense that I clearly looked over when I said Man City was going to beat them 5 nothing. So I was super wrong on that call. But, you know, look at Southampton. They're in 12th right now. Where, do, you think, do, you think, do you think they're going to finish around 10 to 12th, or can they go any higher? They're not going higher than that. I, I mean, 13th, 14th, 15th, in that, in that kind of range. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think my call saying they were going to get relegated was so so far away. I mean, the games they've won, they've barely won. The games they've tied, maybe they should have. They held on for for ties. I, I, look, James Ward Prowse, he's going to score. He's going to score worldies. He's going to score free kicks. He's going to bail them out a few times. They're going to score nick points here and there. I, they're still like Danny Ings. Just I mean, he's not like. He's not the best. I mean, he's injured all the time. He's not the best. They got that Armstrong guy they brought up from the championship. They've got, oh, I don't know. That's it, really. Danny I mean, Ings is no longer on Southampton, though. Where did he go to? He's on Aston Villa. Oh, yeah, he got traded. Damn it. Uh, unless I'm wrong. Thanks. I am no, wrong. No, where is he? Where right. is he? Where is he? Where is he? He's not on Aston Villa. Why, why am I saying Aston Where is he? Where is Danny Ings? Isn't he, isn't he on Aston Villa? Yeah, I thought he was on Aston Villa. He's probably injured. That's probably what's wrong. I thought he was on Aston Villa. I, I just looked at the lineup. He wasn't the starting, so maybe he's in the subs. But, yeah, without – you know, you're they right, only you're have right. S- Either way, the, even that makes it even worse. That, that, that makes it even worse. Further, no, it makes it, that's it makes it why – you know what it was? That's why – okay. That's why I said they're going to get relegated. They didn't upgrade their team at all. They got rid of – they got rid of some players, and they basically only had James Ward-Prowse, right? And they brought in the guy from the championship, and that's why I thought they're going to relegate it. They're in twelfth. They're overperforming right now, in my opinion. So, fifteenth. I don't think they get relegated. I'll 
I'll go back on that statement because there are teams that are far worse than them. But I think also more. Let's put it this way: that game, that City Southampton game, was not that City that Southampton were that good. It was that City were complacent. They didn't put put the pedal down. They didn't take it take it as seriously as they should, right? And it was just nice to see. It was nice to see them not get a W because right now they're making the Premier League Farmers League. Just annoying. There's that. Arsenal Burnley tie. I don't really have much to say. They had such crazy possession. They had so many shots, and I think it just exposes the fact that they don't have. Now I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here. They don't have a. They don't have a nine. They don't have the Thierry Henry. They don't have a Bama Yang when he was actually good. They don't have that guy they can go to, give him the ball, and he's going to slot it away. They have players that show up every once in a while, and when they all and you know when they all show up more around the same time, then they're actually Arsenal is not fun to play against because they have a they have a good amount of talent going forward and they have some nice midfield players, but moving, I, I don't really want to talk too much about the crystal palace. I know that there was the VAR call potentially with, with Jota. I actually want to, if you're cool, let's just hop right into the boys and bolos classico and look at that one because I thought that Harry Kane goal, once again, watched it with uh, this guy, Columbia guy. We watched it. He's like, that's a, that's a legitimate goal. I said it too. I was like, there's no problem with that. Because that Tiago Silva shove was nothing. Harry Kane's just putting his hand out trying to fill out where the players are because he's looking across. And yep. Tiago Silva takes advantage of it, dives. And I was actually very surprised that they didn't let the goal happen and then give a yellow card to Tiago Silva for basically trying to influence a goal with dark arts. Uh, to be honest, it wasn't that surprising. I'm going to play the victim a little bit because Spurs don't get a lot of lucky calls that way. And the top four teams seem to, and I don't know if that's anything, if that's anything, but Liverpool got a, a really uh, crazy, that Jota call was crazy. Uh, Chelsea got this call that that would have changed the game. I'm not saying Spurs would have won, but I, I, I'm fairly confident it probably wouldn't have been a tie, 1-1. Because if, and that's kind of the best result that Spurs could have got. And I think that's why Conte wasn't like overly critical of any of his players, because I think they played... The first half, they absorbed all the pressure and played exactly and then tried to take advantage on a few counterattacking plays, and they got unlucky. And I thought the first half, uh, I think Lloris made one good save. I mean, there was really one really big chance. I mean, Chelsea have trouble trying to score, you know, and, they, and, and Lukaku's not their answer. And the Aziz Worldy every once in a while isn't going to win you the league, and it's sure as hell not going to win you a Champions League. And so... Chelsea fans need to look long and hard at their team. Just, the, just because you beat Spurs at home, where Spurs have been horrendous at Stamford Bridge, Spurs have been horrendous at Stamford Bridge. And so, Sp- Chelsea fans, because I, I think of myself when I'm not watching Spurs versus Chelsea as, as a somewhat Chelsea fan. Like, I'm rooting for them a lot of the times. And I, and I, I feel like my criticism of them is not – it's – you know, it's not unfounded. Like, it's not ridiculous just because I'm a Spurs fan. Like, Lukaku is slow. Lukaku didn't show me. He, I, What I wanted to say to you so many times during that game was, if I have to see fucking Lukaku give a thumbs up one more fucking time about the service he was getting, I was going to fucking throw... <laughs> I was going to throw something at the TV. Because every play... Like Ziyech or somebody would or Mount or somebody would put a ball into it into him in like in the box and it, he'd fuck it up or like it would be overhit and he'd just like give a thumbs up and he kept. I was like, how many thumbs ups can you give, dude? Like enough, like fucking enough. He he made runs all game that weren't 
like correct with the ball that should have been there. So he wasn't right. inviting, you know, like the perfect thing is when the run and the pass happen at the same time. Right. But sometimes the run is going to happen a half second before the pass is going to happen a half second before they hardly ever happen at the same time. And one will invite the other. And he, he made maybe one or two good runs the entire game for my opinion. And then the one time the ball comes into the box and not like into space, but actually back chopped back and he's coming on the penalty. He just he missed it. the ball. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, he's so dude. He's like, he's honestly next level brutal in my opinion. And Any other striker puts that ball like in the net. Like that was at least on bad. frame, at least yeah. make connection. I mean, he basically, he's a $120 million player. The ball was rolled at to him. Like we all played kickball growing up and he missed the ball. Mm-hmm. You could, I cost nothing. I will kick the ball. That's it. Now, I know you're going to sure. say, oh, it's in a game. Oh, it's in the problem. You're totally right. There's high pressures, high stakes, but that were my job. I would do it. And Transfer Center on Instagram had an amazing little stat that I want to share for Chelsea fans and just fans of the, fans of the footy. It said, Tommy Abram has more goals this season than Romelu Lukaku and Timo Werner combined in, in, in a domestic league. We sold yeah. Abram for 40. We bought Lukaku for 120. That's an 80 hole. And we got Timo last year for a good amount of money, whatever it was. <laughs> Maybe we keep Tommy. I actually was surprised we sold Giroud because we don't win the Champions League without Giroud. Yep. We don't win. We don't maybe even finish fourth without Giroud. I mean, he was really important to our win, and he's just one of the most underrated nines, I think, in the last decade. People don't think about him. He scored a lot of goals, scored a lot of goals for Arsenal, scored goals for France, scored goals for Chelsea, important goals. He, he scored four goals in a Champions League and scored a bicycle against Atletico. Like, the fact that we sold him. Anyways, going down a rabbit hole, I thought the game was actually pretty fair. I think... A 1-1 tie maybe would have been more just if you count the Kane goal and you take away the ZH worldy. But that ZH worldy was on when he hit it. Great goal. I didn't even think it was going in because it had, it was so far outside the post and it had to come back in. And Yoris didn't move because I thought I fu- he must have thought, well, I've got good position. I don't think that's going to go in. I mean, it was inches inside the net, but it was one of the best goals. I think it was the top goal of the season. Definitely goal of the month. I don't know how it doesn't get goal of the month, but top goal of the season. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to give a guy that much space who is lethal with a left foot, then you're going to get punished. And Spurs got punished for it. And they're, they're cla- they classically get punished for giving a guy too much space to shoot. Uh, I think that that comes down to not having the right combination of players, especially defenders out there, not having Romero out there, not having... Um, who else was out? I don't know. Either way, not having Romero basically, I think hurt them a lot that game. Uh, Tanganga is always one yellow card away from getting a red card. I think they need to ship him off on loan. I think they need to shift him quick, let him play, let him play a lot in a different league, maybe in the Spanish league or something. There's been talk about him moving, but he is. They don't have many other options. That's why why they are playing Tanganga. I didn't think Spurs did anything. They looked any worse than I thought they were going to look. I thought Bergman played pretty well, and I thought he pressured uh, the Chelsea defenders really well. I mean, he got Silva a yellow card, got that for I'm on that yellow, and I thought that was pivotal in that game. And I thought that it would have changed it would have changed how Silva played, and I think it maybe did change how he played because he got beat on that cross that Kane scored on. He got a call. He got a call his way, and he knows how to play it that way. And uh, I mean, kudos to him for 
for feeling the feeling the contact on Kane and 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 falling over, I guess. But shame on the the Premier League refs for for like, you know, siding with with Chelsea and not even. Uh, a, so the problem with the goal wasn't that it. I don't. I think if they had called it a goal, and then when looked at looked back at it on VAR, they wouldn't have been able to overturn it. But they called it a foul, and then had to go look back on it to call it a goal. So that's why it didn't get called a goal because they would have had to see some kind of evidence that like Kane didn't have any contact. And the fact that there was contact, so it's one of those things where they should have let the play happen and let the goal happen. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like you're totally right. If they had called the goal, it would have stood. Yep. But because they called the foul, they weren't going to go back and then give the goal because, yeah, that's totally the exact – that's perfect. That's a perfect way to say it. It's just – and it's interesting because normally I feel like in modern football, especially in the Premier League, they let plays go on honestly too long. Yep. <laughs> you know, a guy will run 40 yards full sprint. I'm like, what if he pulls his hamstring and you knew it was offside? What are we doing here? So – I thought that that was a little unlucky. And in real time, I was like, oh, that's a goal. Because I didn't even see Kane push Tiago Silva because it was such a minimal contact. But it, neither here nor there, that makes Chelsea has now played 24 games. Uh, and that is because we are going to go to the Club World Cup. And that was the end of week 23 that we just talked about. Week 24 actually doesn't happen for a couple weeks. There's an international break, which is going to occur which is kind of fun, I guess. And if we look ahead, let's just, let's just dive into that. And we're only going to focus on, I think, games of note. And so you have West Ham Watford. I'm not really too excited about to talk about that. I am excited to talk about the Newcastle Everton game because this will be Duncan Ferguson's. The mini back game first. of the week, as you'd say. This is it, dude. This is the mini back game of the week because <laughs> Newcastle really need this. And Everton really can't afford to lose this. So this is actually one of the games I'm most, normally I'm not excited to watch a Newcastle-Everton unless there's a situation like this. So I think this is going to be a mini-bat, and I don't know whether it's going to be a good mini-bat or a bad mini-bat. We're going to see. But who do you want to win this game? I totally want Newcastle to win this game. I It's weird to root against two teams that I don't particularly care for, but only and I only don't care about Newcastle because of the whole oil club thing. But I am. I think Newcastle will have a pretty busy last week of the transfer season, transfer window. This is, I mean, I think there's, we're recording this on the 24th. There's about a week left. I don't think Everton's going to bring in anybody to know, anybody too big, too big or that, that will make that big of a difference. Now, Newcastle could bring in Deli Alley. They could bring in a striker. They could bring in another defender. Who knows what Newcastle have up their sleeve? I don't know. Who fuck knows? It's Newcastle have offered $10 million to United for Jesse Lingard on loan to the end of the season. So that could shake things up. They have also opened talks, as you said, with Deli Alley. So both those guys is just a lot of vibes, and I like it. I think they'd be good picks. I mean, all of a sudden, if you had Maximin, Deli Alley, and Jesse Lingard vibing, I don't really want to play against that. That kind of makes me uncomfortable. But in this game, I look at it, and I don't necessarily have a great answer as to who's going to win. And once again, like, who do you, like between Newcastle and Everton, who needs a win more? Now, you would think you'd say Newcastle because they're lower in the standings, but I almost feel like Everton need it more because they've gotten beat down. They got their coach fired, 
and they're just trending downward. So a loss for them could be very bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to get much easier for them in terms of like playing against a low lower-tier team. It's going to say a lot about Everton more than it's going to say a lot about Newcastle. Like if Newcastle squeak out a win or a tie, everybody's going to be like, meh, it's Newcastle. That's probably about right for them. But if Everton lose, man, not good. Not good for not good for anybody in the Everton organization. And the bad thing is, is this: those games are played February eighth and ninth, and by then they can't go out and make any transfers. They're rocking with that team to the end of the to the end of the thirty eight, and that could be a very rough situation. The other game of note, or the game that I think is of note for this week, is and maybe you can pick a couple too. The Wolves Arsenal. I think it's going to be a very good game. Wolves defend pretty well. Arsenal, I think, attack pretty well. I actually really respect their attack. I think they need a little bit more help on the final third and the finish, but I think that they move forward really well and quite fluid. This game is going to be played at Molyneux, so I would tip Wolves for this. And if Wolves win this, I believe that they will jump Arsenal, which is quite crazy. Uh, The league is still... Pretty close. Wolves have a bunch of games in hand. So do Arsenal. Obviously, Tottenham have a lot of games in hand. But what are you thinking on that, the Wolves-Arsenal game? Well, I'll be rooting for Wolves, of course. But I don't know. It's it's tough. Wolves, at the Molyneux, Wolves are going to defend really well. They're a very good defensive team. Uh, Cody and Saar are, you know, playing well. and So... I just don't think – I mean, it, it all depends on what Arsenal do in the last week of this transfer season. I, I've heard a lot of links for, to, uh, you know, they, they want to sign a striker, right? They Like you said, they want to sign somebody as a number nine, replace Aubameyang, replace or at least alternate with Lacazette because obviously Lacazette's not that good. Let's just, let's, just, let's just call a spade a spade. Lacazette's just not that good. <clears throat> so – they wanted to bring in Vlahovic uh, from Fiorentina, but the guy doesn't want to play for Arsenal. He wants to play for Juve. I think he has an agreement with Juve. I think they're just going to iron out the, the transfer fee and all that. So I think that's where he's going to end up. I don't think he really wants to come to England. I mean, he's been linked to, to Arsenal and to Tottenham, but he just doesn't want to play in England. Uh, and you know what? I don't fucking blame him. I mean, England sucks to play, and it's cold as fuck. He wants to play. He wants to play in Italy. You're saying he doesn't want to play in the Papa John's Cup. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's what I'm saying here. The, uh, Plus, the, I, the Walmart I don't think Cup. He likes, I don't think he likes the idea for if he's playing at Tottenham. I don't think he likes the idea of having to play uh, under Harry Kane. Like he's he's not he's going to lose playing time. He's not going to play as much if you know if he goes to Tottenham. Either way, I don't know who who Arsenal has on the radar for a striker. Arsenal's looking at Alexander Isak, the he's oh, like yes. a, the tall Swedish kid. I actually think he's a baller, and I think he'd fit perfectly with Arsenal. And I wanted him for Chelsea after I saw him at the Euros this summer. I was like, this kid balls. I just think he plays super well, very clean on the ball, moving off the ball. He closes down well. He's also 20 freaking two. Like, sign him up. And I would have much rather dumped $60 million on him than Lukaku and gotten some other piece for our defense. Because Diego Silva's ancient, Christensen's on the move. Anyways, I don't want to talk about Chelsea. But Alexander Isak is an, is an option for Arsenal, and Arteta's very interested. And so that that could be something to be said. Uh, the, the next one that I 
the game I look at, and I'd only say this because there's a chance it's Manchester City Brentford. There is a chance that Christian Eriksen could be available for this game. He has agreed to sign a six month deal with an option of a further year with Brentford. And that would just be really awesome. I think for everyone, everyone that's a footy fan to see him play. Um, it could be a really rough welcoming back because city had just tied in the league and Pep's going to want them to destroy. And normally when they tie or drop points, the next game they destroy. It will be at the Etihad. Are you sad as a Spurs fan that he won't be coming back to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? No, he's 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 done with Spurs. I I think we've all seen it on the uh, Amazon documentary. He was ready to leave, and uh, we thought maybe he would reunite with Conte at, at at Spurs because he was there with Inter. But you know, I think a lot of organizations see that see the downside too much and they, they're thinking too much with their heads and i think brentford is one of those teams that's like they're vibes dude they're like their team of vibes their stadium it's vibes their whole like like i don't know their whole everything that they do is just kind of like try to get the fans riled up try to get a feel good try to get a good story you know like they're not going to be the best team in the league they know that so they bring in Erickson, who will add quality to their midfield. If anything, the guy's going to at least score a few goals in the set pieces. Given that he died, and he literally died at the Euro, and he's going to come back and play in the Premier League, that's a good story. It's a good story. And, you know, Brentford will potentially reap the rewards if it works out. And what do they lose? You know, a couple, couple hundred thousand dollars? Yeah. I, I think it's a great pickup, and the narrative is just so beautiful. I mean, like you said, he died. I am interested to see if he's going to play again for Denmark, if he plays well with Brentford, and I would also love to see his contract because it's got to be an extra 300 pages about if he dies, <laughs> the Ericsson family can't sue because clearly, I mean, he has a heart condition, which is rather fragile, and honestly, he's proving me wrong. I thought he would never play again. I thought with the legalese of life and the way football is created that they're that they wouldn't have signed there wouldn't be a team that would take a chance but I'm glad that he's playing and I'm actually surprised also energetically that he came back because even watching the Amazon documentary with with Spurs and all in it just seemed like he didn't really care about the game anymore he didn't really want to play I mean he wanted to sit on the bench like so he could get a transfer and if I were going to get a transfer I'd want to play and still get a transfer but, but play most importantly so, and then he went to Inter and just sat on the bench for Conte. So he hasn't really played top flight football in roughly two years, I think, unless my math is wrong. Uh, he played a little bit for Denmark in the Euro, but, you know, very minimal. So I, I'm interested to see, and in, in that game, do you, do you think City, I mean, I think City win that game. Um, I don't really see a way that they don't, right? I mean, they're at home. Brentford is trending down. Brentford started well, but they've been trending down. I think Brentford will actually end up in the relegation battle. I don't believe they'll be relegated, though, because I think they have enough quality, and the sludge under them is worse. I think the game of the, the, game of the week for this week is either going to be the Newcastle United will be a good mini-bat game, or it's going to be the Liverpool-Leicester. Leicester is just a Jekyll and Hyde, and Liverpool are a phenomenal team. Now, Liverpool are probably going to have Salah back. I don't know if they'll have Mane back by this time, depending upon how Senegal do. But I think with Salah, they should beat this Leicester team. What yep. do you what do you, what do you think on that one? I won't name a scoreline, but 
Yeah, I mean, Liverpool were better than Leicester. I mean, Spurs beat Leicester. They dominated Leicester. It wasn't just a beat. I mean, the scoreline was crazy because at the end, Spurs scored a crazy goals. But, I mean, the XG from Spurs was like 4.3 or something. It was like the highest XG in a Premier League game this season. And Spurs had like 20-something shots. So they, they dominated Leicester. Leicester are kind of a train wreck. And is Vardy ever coming back? Do we ever, do we even know that? No, we don't know. I think Daka's pretty good. He scored a goal again this past weekend. I think they're a lot of their players are underperforming, and they need to if they're going to be if they want to even think about Europe, even the Europa Conference League, they're going to have to start playing better now. Not not you know get players back. Not none of this. No, they're going to start to stay. So I think they need to draw or better. Draw better. That's that's their that's what they're going for. And if they can't keep dropping points. I'm gonna go with Leicester on this. Leicester beat Liverpool last time they played, which was very recently over the Christmas break. They beat them one nothing. Maybe lucky. But the game is gonna be at Anfield, and I just feel like the many of the Liverpool players are gonna go away and be on international duty, and I don't think as many Leicester players are going to be away and be on international duty, so they may have a little break. And we're getting into the season where fatigue is really going to creep in. And February is where, between February and March, is normally where you see big injuries and things change. you got Champions League firing up back again with the round of 16. So I'm going to go with Leicester. Once again, no scoreline. But more importantly than all the Premier League is what's on the line. 50 doll hairs and some swag. Now, everyone, please, I've messaged you. Someone has to beat Ozatik, all right? <laughs> he's living in Arkansas. He thinks he's the shit because he decided to play fantasy and now he's killing us. Now, we all need to step up our game. Jeff, that includes you because you've dropped from third or fourth. Now you're down to seventh. Yeah, but You don't want to be near me. I'm ninth. So we all need to step up because Oz is in first, Nixon's second, Will Hayden is in third. And Will Hayden was the one who pulled the Jared Bowen. I thought it was Oz. He pulled the Jared Bowen triple, triple captain when Bowen, I think, scored a hat trick or two goals, which is one of the more wild calls. Like you said, what do you got? 76 points with Bowden because he had the triple, whatever that was, triple captain. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, I need Mac Bruce to step up. He was killing it. I'm a, look, all right, let's look at Oz's team. What's he doing? It's Tierney in the back, Cancelo and Alexander-Arnold. Bowen, Rafinha, Jota, and De Bruyne in the middle. Dennis up top with Watkins and Lacazette. I mean, this dude's beating people with Lacazette. Like, what are we doing out here? I don't good. know, man. I, I started Dennis, and he got a right card. What, what am I going to do about that? He started Oz, and he got the negative one. Brutal. I captained him, so I got, like, negative two or three or something. <laughs> oh, negative two, really? Really, put you in the doghouse. <laughs> I like how when you captain somebody and they get negative points, you get double the amount of negative. I like how it, oh, it, the, it doubles the, no matter what. Yeah, it's no the matter true what. gamble. <laughs> it's the true gambit. Do you think there's some savage out there who has Shaka and he captains him when he got that red? <laughs> like if you have Shaka and you put him on your fantasy, you're just not paying attention. Like actually, I'm I'm worried about your mental health. Either way, yeah, people got to step up. It's, it's embarrassing. I need to look at it. I need to. I need to start to figure out some cheat codes here because I, I don't want to give Oz 50 doll hairs and some swag. The dude's house is just going to look like a boys and bowls trophy house. Swag every year from the fantasy. Uh, that's 
last year. It's it's disappointing. Next well, year, I'm doubling the money. I'm going to keep doubling the money every year into the bolos until it gets to like egregious numbers and we have 3,000 people in the fantasy. Uh, well, there's one week left in the transfer window, everyone. Keep your Twitter feeds open because there could be some movement in this last week. Jarrett, maybe between now and the next game, we'll maybe like a transfer roundup, maybe like a, a nice little summary of like what's changed. Maybe people just yes. want to hear my, my voice and they'll enjoy the content. We'll just like do that. some ASMR. You can put like ocean waves behind and we'll be like, Martial signed for Sevilla. Yeah. Because he did. He finally signed. I'm glad that Anthony Martial is going to like free Anthony Martial, free Van de Beek, free Jesse Lingardino. These are these dudes who couldn't, you know, free they can still play. Free Deli. Oh, oh my God. Free Deli's mustache. These <laughs> things Deli's should still be Rossiker. free. <laughs> free Deli's pirate hat, whatever. Free Deli's like, 21 Savage uh, trap vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's still dating Pep's uh, Pep Guardiola's uh, daughter, though. Deli? Yeah. Dude, Deli. Oh my look God. it on the Insta. Look on the look on the search the deep web on that one. Hold on, no, I'm going to Google this. Deli's. I'm just typing in Deli's GF and seeing what pops. Oh, it pops right up. Told Who you. is Deli Ali's girlfriend? Deli's currently single at the moment as he looks to focus on his football career, which is in a downward spiral. <laughs> <laughs> he dated English model Ruby Ray for two years since 2018, but the couple recently broke up in 2020. Oh, I think that this is old. He's dated Pep's, Pep's uh, daughter. Who is Guardiola's daughter's boyfriend? This is the next thing. Deli Alley. Latest photo suggests Guardiola's daughter is dating Tottenham's Deli Alley. Pep Guardiola's daughter, Maria, has been photographed again with Tottenham midfielder Deli Alley. The pair were snapped eating at London restaurant Novikov and getting a coffee. Okay, so when we go to London this spring, we should go to Novikov and see if we run into Deli on a date. That's all I want. That's all I really want in life. That's all anyone wants, just casually running into Deli Alley on a date. Well, I think that's it, Jeff. We, we just talked about Deli Alley's girlfriend. I mean, we've hit rock bottom with the pod. <laughs> or we've hit our, <laughs> our heights. We've hit our, our apex, as they say. We may have just peaked. We may have peaked. I'll catch you next time. Ciao. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Boys and Bolos podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Twitch, at Boys and Bolos. If you'd like to be a guest, please reach out. You can hit us on any of the social media accounts that Jeff just mentioned or email us directly at boysandbowls at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.